0: Section 7 of The Journey of Álvar Núñez Cabeza de Vaca and His Companions from Florida to the Pacific, 1528-1536. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sue Anderson. The Journey of Álvar Núñez Cabeza de Vaca and his companions from florida to the pacific fifteen twenty eight fifteen thirty six translated by fanny bandelier section seven the whole night they spent in celebration and dancing and the next morning they brought us every living soul of that village to be touched by us and to have the cross made over them as with the others then they gave to the women of the other village who had come with their own a great many arrows. The next day we went on, and all the people of that village with us, and when we came to other Indians, were as well received as anywhere in the past. They also gave us of what they had, and the deer they had killed, during the day. Among these we saw a new custom. Those who were with us took away from those people who came to get cured, their bows and arrows, their shoes and beads, if they wore any, and placed them before us to induce us to cure the sick. As soon as these had been treated, they went away contented and saying they felt well. So we left there also, going to others by whom we were also very well received, and they brought us their sick, who, after we had made the sign of the cross over them, would say they were healed, and he who did not get well, "'still believed we might cure him. "'And at what the others whom we had treated told, "'they rejoiced and danced, "'so much as not to let us sleep. "'After we left those, we went to many other lodges, "'but thence on there prevailed a new custom. "'While we were received very well everywhere, "'those who came with us would treat those who received us badly, "'taking away their belongings and plundering their homes.' without leaving them anything. It grieved us very much to see how those who were so good to us were abused. Besides, we dreaded lest this behavior might cause trouble and strife. But as we could not venture to interfere or punish the transgressors, we had to wait until we might have more authority over them. Furthermore, the sufferers themselves, noticing how we felt, comforted us by saying we should not worry that they were so happy at seeing us as to gladly lose their own, considering it to be well employed, and besides, that further on they would repay themselves from other Indians who were very rich. On that whole journey we were much worried by the number of people following us. We could not escape them, although we tried, because they were so anxious to touch us, and so obtrusive, that in three hours we could not get through with them. The following day they brought us all the people of the village. Most of them had one eye clouded, while others were totally blind from the same cause, at which we were amazed. They are well built, of very good physique, and whiter than any we had met until then. There we began to see mountains, and it seemed as if they swept down from the direction of the North Sea, and so, from what the Indians told us, "'we believe they are fifteen leagues from the ocean. "'From there we went with the Indians towards the mountains aforesaid, "'and they took us to some of their relatives. "'They did not want to lead us anywhere but to their own people, "'so as to prevent their enemies from having any share in the great boon, "'which, as they fancied, it was to see us. "'And as soon as we would arrive, "'those who went with us would sack the houses of the others.' But as these knew of the custom before our coming, they hid some of their chattels and after receiving us with much rejoicing, they took out the things which they had concealed and presented them to us. These were beads and ochre and several little bags of silver. We following the custom turned the gifts immediately over to the Indians who had come in our company and after they had given these presents, They began their dances and celebrations, and sent for others from another village nearby to come and look at us. In the afternoon they all came, and brought us beads, bows, and other little things, which we also distributed. The next day, as we were going to leave, they all wanted to take us to others of their friends, who dwelt on a spur of the mountains. They said there were a great many lodges and people who would give us much but as it was out of our way, we did not want to go there, and continued on the plain, though near the mountains, thinking them to be not far from the coast. All the people there are very bad, and we preferred to cross the country, as further inland they were better inclined and treated us better. We also felt sure to find the country more thickly settled and with more resources. Finally we did it because— in crossing the country we would see much more of its particulars so that in case god our lord should be pleased to spare one of us and take him back to a land of christians he might give an account of it when the indians saw we were determined not to go whither they wanted they said that nobody lived where we intended to go neither were there tunas nor any other food and they entreated us to tarry one day longer with them to which we consented. Two Indians were sent out to look for people on our proposed route. The next day we departed, taking many of them along, the women carrying water, and so great had become our authority that none dared to drink without our permission. After going two leagues, we met the men sent out in search of people, but who had not found any. At this the Indians seemed to show grief, and again— begged us to take the way of the mountains, but we persisted, and seeing this they took mournful leave of us, and turned back down the river to their homes, while we proceeded along the stream upwards. Soon we met two women carrying loads. As they descried us, they stood still, put down their loads, and brought us of what these contained, which was cornmeal, and told us that higher up on the river we would meet with dwellings, plenty of tunas, and of that same meat. We left them as they were going to those from whom we had just taken leave, and walked on until at sunset we reached a village of about twenty lodges, where they received us with tears and deep sorrow. They already knew that, wherever we arrived, the people would be robbed and plundered by those in our company, but seeing us alone, they lost their fear, and gave us tunas, though nothing else. We stayed there overnight. At daybreak, the same Indians we had left the day before surprised the lodges, and as the people were unprepared, in fancied security, and had neither time nor place to hide anything, they were stripped of all their chattels, at which they wept bitterly, In consolation, the robbers told them that we were children of the sun, and had the power to cure or kill, and other lies, bigger even than those which they invent to suit their purposes. They also enjoined them to treat us with great reverence, and be careful not to arouse our wrath, to give us all they had, and guide us to where there were many people, and that wherever we should come to, they should steal and rob everything the others had such being the custom. After giving these instructions, and teaching the people how to behave, they returned, and left us with these Indians, who, mindful of what the others had said, began to treat us with the same respect and awe, and we traveled in their company for three days. They took us to where there were many Indians, and went ahead to tell them of our coming, repeating what they had heard, and adding much more to it, For all these Indians are great gossipers and liars, particularly when they think it to be to their benefit. As we neared the lodges all the inmates came out to receive us, with much rejoicing and display, and, among other things, two of their medicine-men gave us two gourds. Thence onward we carried gourds, which added greatly to our authority, since they hold these ceremonial objects very high." Our companions sacked the dwellings, but as there were many, and they only few in number, they could not carry away all they took, so that more than half was left to waste. Thence we turned inland for more than fifty leagues, following the slopes of the mountains, and at the end of them met forty dwellings. There, among other things which they gave us, Andres Dorantes got a big rattle of copper, large, on which was represented a face, and which they held in great esteem. They said it had been obtained from some of their neighbors. Upon asking these whence it had come, they claimed to have brought it from the north, where there was much of it and highly prized. We understood that, wherever it might have come from, there must be foundries, and that metal was cast in moulds. Leaving on the next day we crossed a mountain seven leagues long, the stones of which were iron slags. At night we came to many dwellings situated on the banks of a very beautiful river. The inmates of these abodes came to receive us half ways, with their children on their backs. They gave us a number of pouches with silver and powdered antimony or lead, with which they paint their faces, and many beads and robes of cowskins, and loaded those who came with us with all their chattels. These people ate tunas and pine nuts. There are in that country small trees of the sweet pine, the cones of which are like small eggs, but the nuts are better than those of Castilla, because the husks are thin. When still green, they grind them and make balls that are eaten, when dried, they grind the nuts with the husks and eat them as meal. And those who received us, as soon as they had touched our bodies, returned to their houses on a run, then came again and never stopped running back and forth. In this way, they brought us a great many things for our journey. Here they brought to me a man who, they told, a long time ago had been shot through the left side of the back with an arrow the head of which stuck close to his heart. He said it gave him much pain, and that, on this account, he was sick. I touched the region of the body and felt the arrowhead, and that it had pierced the cartilage. So, with the knife, I cut open the breast as far as the place. The arrow point had gotten athwart, and was very difficult to remove. By cutting deeper and inserting the point of the knife, WITH GREAT DIFFICULTY I GOT IT OUT. IT WAS VERY LONG. THEN, WITH A deer BONE, ACCORDING TO MY KNOWLEDGE OF SURGERY, I MADE TWO STITCHES. AFTER I HAD EXTRACTED THE ARROW, THEY BEGGED ME FOR IT, AND I GAVE IT TO THEM. THE WHOLE VILLAGE CAME BACK TO LOOK AT IT, AND THEY SENT IT FURTHER INLAND THAT THE PEOPLE THERE MIGHT SEE IT ALSO. ON ACCOUNT OF THIS CURE, THEY MADE MANY DANCES AND FESTIVITIES, AS IS THEIR CUSTOM. THE NEXT DAY I CUT THE STITCHES, AND THE INDIAN WAS WELL. THE CUT I HAD MADE ONLY SHOWED A SCAR LIKE A LINE IN THE PALM OF THE HAND, AND HE SAID THAT HE FELT NOT THE LEAST PAIN. NOW THIS CURE GAVE US SUCH FAME AMONG THEM ALL OVER THE COUNTRY AS THEY WERE CAPABLE OF CONCEIVING AND RESPECTING. WE SHOWED THEM OUR RATTLE, AND THEY TOLD US THAT WHERE IT HAD COME FROM, THERE WERE A GREAT MANY SHEETS OF THE SAME METAL, Buried, that it was a thing they valued highly, and that there were fixed abodes at the place. We believe it to be near the South Sea, for we always heard that sea was richer in metal than the one of the North. After leaving these people, we traveled among so many different tribes and languages that nobody's memory can recall them all, and always they robbed each other, but those who lost and those who gained were equally content. The number of our companions became so large that we could no longer control them. Going through these valleys, each Indian carried a club three palms in length. They all moved in a front, and whenever a hare, of which there are many, jumped up, they closed in upon the game, and rained such blows upon it that it was amazing to see. Thus they drove the hare from one to the other, and to my fancy it was the most agreeable chase that could be thought of, for many a time they would come right to one's hands, and when at night we camped, they had given us so many that each one of us had eight or ten loads. Those of the Indians who carried bows would not take part, but went to the mountains after deer, and when at night they came back, it was with five or six deer for each one of us, with birds, QUAILS, AND OTHER GAME. IN SHORT, ALL THOSE PEOPLE COULD KILL THEY SET BEFORE US, WITHOUT EVER DARING TO TOUCH ANYTHING, EVEN IF DYING OF HUNGER, UNLESS WE BLESSED IT FIRST. SUCH WAS THEIR CUSTOM FROM THE TIME THEY JOINED US. THE WOMEN BROUGHT MANY MATS WITH WHICH THEY BUILT US HOUSES, ONE FOR EACH ONE OF US AND THOSE ATTACHED TO HIM. AFTER THIS WE WOULD ORDER THEM TO BROIL ALL THE GAME and they did it quickly in ovens built by them for the purpose we partook of everything a little giving the rest to the principal man among those who had come with us for distribution among all every one then came with the share he had received for us to breathe on it and bless it without which they left it untouched often we had with us three to four thousand persons and it was very tiresome to have to breathe on and make the sign of the cross over every morsel they ate or drank. For many other things which they wanted to do, they would come to ask our permission, so that it is easy to realize how greatly we were bothered. The women brought us tunas, spiders, worms, and whatever else they could find, for they would rather starve than partake of anything that had not first passed through our hands while traveling with those we crossed a big river coming from the north and traversing about thirty leagues of plains met a number of people that came from afar to meet us on the trail who treated us like the foregoing ones thence on there was a change in the manner of reception in so far as those who would meet us on the trail with gifts were no longer robbed by the indians of our company BUT AFTER WE HAD ENTERED THEIR HOMES, THEY TENDERED US ALL THEY POSSESSED, AND THE DWELLINGS ALSO. WE TURNED OVER EVERYTHING TO THE principals FOR DISTRIBUTION. INVARIABLY, THOSE WHO HAD BEEN DEPRIVED OF THEIR BELONGINGS WOULD FOLLOW US IN ORDER TO REPAIR THEIR LOSSES, SO THAT OUR RETINUE BECAME VERY LARGE. THEY WOULD TELL THEM TO BE CAREFUL AND NOT CONCEAL ANYTHING OF WHAT THEY OWNED, AS IT COULD NOT BE DONE WITHOUT OUR KNOWLEDGE and then we would cause their death. So much did they frighten them, that on the first few days after joining us they would be trembling all the time, and would not dare to speak or lift their eyes to heaven. Those guided us for more than fifty leagues through a desert of very rugged mountains, and so arid that there was no game. Consequently we suffered much from lack of food, and finally forded a very big river with its water reaching to our chest thence on many of our people began to show the effects of the hunger and hardships they had undergone in those mountains which were extremely barren and tiresome to travel the same indians led us to a plain beyond the chain of mountains where people came to meet us from a long distance by those we were treated in the same manner as before and they made so many presents to the Indians who came with us, that, unable to carry all, they left half of it. We told the givers to take it back, so as not to have it lost, but they refused, saying it was not their custom to take back what they had once offered, and so it was left to waste. We told these people our route was towards Sunset, and they replied that in that direction people lived very far away. So we ordered them to send there and inform the inhabitants that we were coming, and how. From this they begged to be excused, because the others were their enemies, and they did not want us to go to them. Yet they did not venture to disobey in the end, and sent two women, one of their own and the other a captive. They selected women, because these can trade everywhere, even if there be war, we followed the women to a place where it had been agreed we should wait for them after five days they had not yet returned, and the indians explained that it might be because they had not found anybody. So we told them to take us north, and they repeated that there were no people except very far away, and neither food nor water. Nevertheless, we insisted, saying that we wanted to go there. AND THEY STILL EXCUSED THEMSELVES AS BEST THEY COULD, UNTIL AT LAST WE BECAME ANGRY. ONE NIGHT I WENT AWAY TO SLEEP OUT IN THE FIELD APART FROM THEM, BUT THEY SOON CAME TO WHERE I WAS, AND REMAINED AWAKE ALL NIGHT IN GREAT ALARM, TALKING TO ME, SAYING HOW FRIGHTENED THEY WERE. THEY entreated US NOT TO BE ANGRY ANY LONGER, BECAUSE EVEN IF IT WAS THEIR DEATH THEY WOULD TAKE US WHERE WE CHOSE. We feigned to be angry still so as to keep them in suspense, and then a singular thing happened. On that same day, many fell sick, and on the next day, eight of them died. All over the country where it was known, they became so afraid that it seemed as if the mere sight of us would kill them. They besought us not to be angry, nor to procure the death of any more of their number— for they were convinced that we killed them by merely thinking of it. In truth, we were very much concerned about it. Foreseeing the great mortality, we dreaded that all of them might die or forsake us in their terror, while those further on, upon learning of it, would get out of our way hereafter. We prayed to God our Lord to assist us, and the sick began to get well then we saw something that astonished us very much, and it was that, while the parents, brothers, and wives of the dead had shown deep grief at their illness, from the moment they died the survivors made no demonstration whatsoever, and showed not the slightest feeling, nor did they dare to go near the bodies until we ordered their burial. In more than fifteen days that we remained with them, We never saw them talk together, neither did we see a child that laughed or cried. One child, who had begun to cry, was carried off some distance, and with some very sharp mice teeth they scratched it from the shoulders down to nearly the legs. Angered by this act of cruelty, I took them to task for it, and they said it was done to punish the child for having wept in my presence." their apprehensions caused the others that came to see us to give us what they had since they knew that we did not take anything for ourselves but left it all to the indians those were the most docile people we met in the country of the best complexion and on the whole well built the sick being on the way of recovery when we had been there already three days the women whom we had sent out returned saying that they had met very few people, nearly all having gone after the cows, as it was the season. So we ordered those who had been sick to remain, and those who were well to accompany us, and that, two days' travel from there, the same women should go with us and get people to come to meet us on the trail for our reception. The next morning all those who were strong enough came along, and at the end of three journeys we halted alonso del castillo and estevanico the negro left with the women as guides and the woman who was a captive took them to a river that flows between mountains where there was a village in which her father lived and these were the first abodes we saw that were like unto real houses castillo and estevanico went to these and after holding parley with the indians At the end of three days Castillo returned to where he had left us, bringing with him five or six of the Indians. He told how he had found permanent houses, inhabited, the people of which ate beans and squashes, and that he had also seen maize. End of section 7